For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So, um, I wanted to start going over basically the points that I made in the last episode of the podcast. Um, but before that, uh, thank you for joining me. This is Kazoo Corner, and I'm your host, Zach. So, uh, what uh, I wanted to do is to kind of break down all the sort of topics that I had um, listed as far as doctrinal um, beliefs and what what that kind of means uh, individually, what those doctrines kind of mean, what they state, um, maybe the contradictive doctrines that go along with those doctrines. And I wanted to start with probably the most important one, um, dealing with salvation. And that is the issue of, are you saved conditionally? Uh, conditionally? Uh, I promise I can speak. I think my tongue is just uh, not going to have it today. <laughs> but uh, whether you are saved conditionally or whether you are saved unconditionally, um, you might you might have heard this as uh, conditional salvation or as opposed to uh, once saved, always saved, or easy believism, as they would um, kind of state it. Um, and it's funny, that's kind of that last one, easy believism. That's meant to be kind of an insult. Like, oh, you just think it's so easy. You think it's, you know, it's just an easy thing to be saved. Well, yeah, uh, it is it is kind of an easy thing to be saved. You know, the the God's word claims it such as like uh, opening a door or accepting a gift or, you know, eating bread or drinking water, you know, these things are easy. Okay. And it's, it seems like you would have people that look at that and say, well, that's just, that's not what those things are talking about. Well, no, that's, that's exactly what these things, you know, you're receiving a gift. How, how hard is it to receive a gift? Is it an easy thing to receive a gift to hold out your hands and take the present? Is it an easy thing to drink water? Um, well, maybe if you're, uh, you know, completely paralyzed, that would be difficult. But in general, yeah, it's it's easy to, I mean, I got water right here. It's easy to, you know, open the cap, take a drink of water. That's pretty easy. There's That was not difficult at all. Um, eating some bread. Uh, I don't have any bread next to me for an example. Uh, but you could imagine that would be easy too. Opening a door, that's pretty easy. Again, unless you're a paraplegic or quadriplegic or whatever, paralyzed from the neck down, or maybe you don't have any hands. Or, but in general, you know, and obviously I'm not trying to insult anybody there, but in general, obviously it's it's easy to open a door. Most people can open a door no problem. You know, you know I don't want to get into semantics. Well, it's locked and this and that. No, listen, it's it's very clear. It's pretty easy. So on one side you have conditional salvation on the other side you have once saved always saved but what does the bible say because if maybe i wasn't making the point very clearly in the last episode but it's um excuse me it's uh what's what's a good way to what's a good way to put it it's 
the the doctrine, the uh, the denomination that's important is the Bible. That's the denomination. Okay, doesn't matter whether you're this or that or the other. Um, obviously, I had some strong opinions on non-denominational churches, but uh, really, your Bible is your doctrine. Your Bible is your denomination. Okay, uh, and what I was trying to say in the previous video and the previous episode was, it's a uh, whatever church is most like what the Bible teaches, well, then that's that's the correct denomination. But your Bible is what tells you uh, what God is, how God is, what God's like, what God wants from you, uh, what God's going to do for you. Um, so it's what matters is is what the Bible says, not what you believe, but what the Bible says. Because uh, so you, you tend to get into arguments against, and and listen, these things are important to discuss, you know, the debates, the arguments, but you get into arguments with people, uh, and they'll say stuff like, um, well, I just don't believe that. Okay, well, it, it really, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't, it, it, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your church teaches. What matters is what the Bible says. And if your church teaches what the Bible says, then great. That's, that's a great church to be in. Um, it's a great denomination, such as the last episode. But it's uh, it's important to understand that all that matters is what the Bible says. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what your church teaches. It matters what the Bible says. Uh, so what does the Bible say? Uh, in particular, speaking of salvation. <clears throat> because here's the thing. Salvation is the doctrine. That is the doctrine of the Bible. Uh, and... Really, no matter what religion you believe in, no matter what religion you hold to, uh, they're, they're all teaching some kind of salvation, some kind of afterlife, some kind of heaven. Uh, yes, even the atheists, uh, and, and by that extension, you know, the Buddhists. Uh, Buddhism is really just, as far as I'm concerned, I could be wrong. Somebody please correct me if I am. But Buddhism is an offshoot of, um, of Hinduism. Okay, you, you know, in Hinduism, you have this caste system and karma that comes into play. And the better you are, the higher you climb that caste system. And if you're if you got negative karma, then you're you're lowering in the class system and the caste system. Uh, basically, if you're a good person, if you're a better person than you than you are, a, uh, you know, a, a not so good person, your next life is going to be that of a higher class. Maybe you were a peasant before. Now you're going to be a king, something like that. Uh, obviously, the Christian doesn't believe that. Uh, we do believe in an afterlife, but we don't believe in like, uh, you know, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a hundredth, a thousandth life. You know, we don't believe in that whole reincarnation as far as they would say it. Um, getting off track a little bit, but every religion pretty much has that idea of, you know, there's a salvation. Uh, there's a there's a heaven. There's a way to get to that place that you're achieving. Uh, now, how do you do that? Uh, well, the Christian, uh, at least the Christian who's correctly following the Bible, believes that that way is faith. You are saved by faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? Uh, I believe that's in um, uh, Corinthians somewhere. I don't, I should, I probably should have had that one ready. But uh, you're, you're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, okay? So the idea here is you're not saved by anything that you do. You're saved by what God has already done. You're saved by what Jesus did 
on the cross. And that's the whole idea is you have, there's nothing you can do to get that salvation. It's a gift. Remember, it's you're accepting a gift. Uh, and for the Christian, that's how you enter into heaven. That's how you enter into eternal life with God. Okay. Um, for, you know, for other religions, there might be a different heaven or a different idea of, you know, an afterlife. But pretty much every religion has the principle of this is what you do or don't do. And this is what happens when that happens, when you when you do that or don't do that. You either get to heaven or maybe you're lost in Hades or, you know, something like that. Or whatever that religion might teach, basically all religions have an idea of salvation to get to some kind of positive, some kind of heaven, some kind of afterlife that's preferable. Now, for the Christian, yes, there is debate, obviously. And if, you're, if you've been a Christian longer than, you know, a couple seconds, then you know that you have basically two, I mean, there are, you know, offshoots here and there, but you have two basic ideas. You're either saved and then you have to keep that faith uh, by works or by doing things, this and that, or maybe, you know, there's a level of achievement, you know, in, in some form, or you're saved and then that's it, okay? Now, I think you have ideas of uh, some kind of teaching that, you know, you're saved and that's it so long as you continue to have the faith, okay? And And this, it's not necessarily wrong, but it's not the right way to look at it, Um the, I, I, I believe, in my opinion, or I say in my opinion, and then I say do what the Bible tells you, but from what I can see in the Bible, you're saved, and then once you're saved, that's it, okay? And, and you say, well, what if you lose the faith? Well, listen, if you truly have faith, then this is, again, this is something that I've come to understand by reading the Bible, and really by just looking at it in a practical, logical way. If you really have faith, can you lose it? right? Think about it this way. Love. Okay. We've heard of this idea of unconditional love. Well, what does unconditional love mean? That means you love someone and there's not anything, there's not one thing they can do to change that love. Okay. And I'm careful when I say that. I don't, I don't mean, what I'm not saying is there's nothing you can do to take that emotion away because love is not an emotion. Love is not simply an emotion. Lust is maybe happiness, joy. These are emotions, but love, and, I, and I'm going to tie this together, I promise. I'm not, I'm not going off track too, too far here. Love is an action. Love is a choice, okay? So when you love someone, what you're saying is, I choose to fill in the blank, okay? Much like, you know, the idea of God and free will. Well, the reason you have free will is because God want you to choose him. What does it mean to choose God? That means to love God. That's what that means. And uh, and so so to understand that love is not simply an emotion that you display, um, that that would be like um, infatuation or lust, okay? And, and love can, uh, these things can exist while loving somebody, but loving someone, be, uh, being in love with someone, loving someone, is a choice, okay? It's an action. It's what you do. Like, for for me, I have two children. Another one on the way, right? Congratulations to me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with my son or my daughter, we'll just say my son just to make it simple. My son, I love my son, 
Okay. And I, what I mean by that is I don't get the fuzzies when I, when I see him. I mean, I do, it's, I get a great feeling. I get joy out of seeing my son. But when I say I love him, what I mean is I am there for him. I choose to be there. I, I, I am, I'm taking the action to be his father. Okay. I could easily just run away. I could easily just t pack my clothes, pick off tomorrow and never see him again. But I don't choose to do that. I choose to stick around. I choose to be with my son. This is love. And in a sense, this is unconditional love. Okay. And, and here's how to tie it together. Um, uh, I see faith the exact same way. True faith is unconditional. True faith is a change in the mind, okay? It's not simply a feeling. It's not, oh, I feel great towards God, or I feel that God exists, or I feel that Jesus died. No, faith is an action. Faith is, is a change of mind. Paul says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And in Romans chapter 12. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says to put on the old man and put off the old man. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing there. That's not the exact way it says it. Um, and I'll try not to do that in the future. I'll try to actually have these verses. So I have, I have, you know, I have a list of stuff. You know, I, I do have notes when I do this. I don't have a script. I, I kind of free flow it all. I, I, I respect you. I'm going off tangent here. I respect you if you have a script and, you know, that's great if it works for you, but I, I just, it seems ingenuine. You can tell when somebody's got a script. Um, but uh, there's nothing wrong with having notes, notes of verses and stuff. Anyways, <laughs> tangent. So uh, uh, faith is that action. Okay. Faith is a choice. I choose to believe that God exists. And why do I choose that? Well, yes, I have experiences and yes, I can, I can, excuse me. Yes, I can feel God working. I can see what I perceive as miracles that have happened like um you know my wife my two children who were born without any complications like especially nowadays guys that's to me i saw that as a miracle the house that we have i i feel like and i don't really want to give you too many details but i feel like there's no way we should have gotten this house there's no possible way we should have been able to get this house but we did god made it happen it was a miracle to me it was a miracle um, and, and, you know, well, get in the house. You just got to follow the steps. No guys, I, again, I don't want to get into details, but there's literally no reason we should have been able to get this house, uh, and smaller. Great. These, these miracles. Yeah. They're evidence and stuff like that. But, but you know, it all goes together, evidence, feelings, this and that, but faith is that choice that I've made. I've, I've, there's something that happened in my mind that changed me from simply, you know, okay, yeah, God probably exists to oh, wow, God, God is real. God exists. Jesus actually did this. And Jesus did this because God wanted it to happen. He put all these parts in motion from the beginning. Um, and, and so it's a, it's a change in mind. I, I was transformed by the renewing of my mind. Okay. In this way, I, I truly believe that there's nothing, there's nothing, there's not one thing that can get me to not believe in God anymore. There's nothing I think that could tear me away from this faith. Yes, you could torture me. Yes, I could, I could, um, I could tell you what you want to hear, but really it's, you can't really change what I believe. Okay. Um, 
I was recently, and I'll go off on a uh, tangent here too. I recently got through reading 1984 by George Orwell. And it was kind of scary because at the end, I don't, I, you know, spoiler alerts here. Please read that book. Um, you know, he's, he's going through what he's going through at the end of the book. And, you know, he's, he's, you know, he had this idea from Julia that, you know, they can't change this. They can't change you in here that you can, they can tell you what they want you to hear, but they can't change you. They can't make you different in here. They can't change your mind. And I kind of, at the end, they, they kind of succeeded in that. Now, again, that's a book. It's fiction. I don't know how true it is. That was a terrifying book, guys. It was such an incredible, I mean, it was just so beautifully terrifying, I think is the best way to describe it. But in reality, there's not, there's not much, especially if you are, as O'Brien says, you're, you're, you're not very good with uh, metaphysics, you know, that's not your strong suit. Well, at least to me, metaphysics is kind of something, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in. So I, I'm well versed in it. I'm not an expert, of course, but, you know, there's there's not much you could do to change my mind to because I've I've something has changed something in me has changed the way I look at life the way I look at the world and reality and and, and things of that nature so that faith is there it's not there's nothing that can really happen and true faith I think should be like that I think that's what true faith is you can say you believe this and that but and you you know this is kind of what um James has in, 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 in that epistle is, is that, you know, your works display your faith, okay? Your works display your faith outwardly to mankind. God knows what's in the heart, but man doesn't, okay? So your works are what display that faith. And I'm not saying, you know, going to church and reading your Bible, that's proof that you're saved. In a way, that is proof, but, you know, only you and God know, okay? That faith is in me, okay? And there's nothing that anybody can do or say that, that could it could change that framework that I have in my mind. And this is that idea of once you're saved, once you have that faith, there, there's, there's really nothing that can be done about that. If it's true, if it's unconditional faith, much like I was giving the description of love, and that's why I gave that description, because love and faith are much alike in that sense where unconditional, there, it's not just something that you can throw away on a whim. If you truly believe that God exists and that Jesus existed and that Jesus did what God wanted him to do on that cross to save your soul, then there's if that's true in your heart, if you truly believe that, if you truly have faith in that, there's really nothing that can be done. You're, that's it. You, you, your mind works in that way now. And it's just there's not much that can be done. Um now, this idea of once saved, always saved versus conditional salvation, okay? And so, you know, you have your, po- uh, your, your popular slogans on both sides. Um, and I don't really want to get into too much on the side of conditional salvation because I know what they would say. Uh, I don't necessarily know the verses they would bring up, but I, I could probably, I mean, very easily I could turn that around because in my mind... I'm looking at it the same thing, but I see it differently. You know, I, I'm seeing it. I'm not saying there's a different interpretation per se. What I'm saying is you see it one way because you want to see it that way. Excuse me. And we have we have this way of... We have this way of, of thinking that God should be the way that we think he should be 
Okay. We as humans, whether we like to or not, we work. That's what, that's, we just, that's in our, that's, in, that's encoded in us. We work. We're supposed to work. We're meant to work. We're made to work. Even before the fall of man, God told Adam to tend to the garden. We're meant to work. Okay. Now, after the fall, he was, I mean, it was just going to be a lot harder. Um, but we're made to work. That's just how we are. And so in our minds, I think, I think we carry that over to salvation. We, we think that we have to work for that salvation. And that's why I think there are so many different religions out there. Basically, there's two kinds of religions. The religion of works salvation and the religion of faith-based salvation. And I don't know if you've really considered this, but there's only one religion out there that is faith-based, and that is Christianity. Okay, every other religion out there, every single one, including atheism, argue with me all you want. Atheism is not a religion. It is. It is. And we can get into that in another video. I actually might make that my next video, how atheism is actually a religion. But um, every single one of them is works based. You have to do this, 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 and then you might be saved. Even Mohammed didn't know if he was going to heaven. Okay. It's within their doctrine. You don't know if you're going to heaven until you face God. And then he'll make a decision right there based off of how good you are best, uh, versus how um, bad you are, uh, for lack of a better term. There's probably a better term. Um, so, uh, there, yeah, there's, there's two. You, you're saved by faith or you're saved by works. Okay? Uh, and these things cannot coincide. Now I didn't write, I didn't write, um, these, I didn't find these verses. Um, they're there. I know they're in, somewhere in Corinthians. I, I believe it, it could even be in, uh, first Corinthians chapter one. Um, Paul is basically just saying that, um, you can't have great, you can't be saved by grace and by faith. There's only or sorry, you can't be saved by faith and also be saved by works. It doesn't, it can't work that way. He said, uh, and I'll try to, I'll try to find it as I'm speaking to you. Um, but you have, you basically, you have one or the other. And so you can't have, and I think even in that, you can't, you can't say that, uh, well, I'm saved by grace through faith, but I have to continue to keep that uh, salvation by doing this, this, that, uh, this, this, and this. Um, and that's, that's a heresy. I mean, that's just incorrect. Uh, and I, again, I, I know where those people would pull up verses and oh, look, see, this says this, and this says this. No, you're, you're misinterpreting it. Okay. It, you're, it's just clearly misinterpretation because there are verses that are clearly just, this is how you saved period. That's it. And so Unless the Bible has contradictions, which, you know, if you're watching my series on YouTube, uh, it doesn't. But unless it has contradictions, then, you know, you can't you can't continue to say, well, I'm saved by grace through faith. But I also have to do this, this and this to keep my my salvation. Well, again, we can we can talk about verses all day long, but the Bible is very clear in multiple different places that you're not saved by works or that you're not saved by grace through faith and then you have to keep works 
And then in other places, it says something clearly different because that would be a contradiction. So you have to take everything in context. Okay, well, if the Bible says you're you're saved by grace through faith in five different places, and then it seems like it says you have to work for that salvation in one place. So you have six places. One of them seems to contradict five of them. Well, maybe that one is just being misinterpreted. Okay. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. It's easy math. So um, let, let me just, I'll just read a couple of, of verses here that, that, that kind of obviously um, spell this out. So 1 John 5, 10, uh, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Okay. The witness is the Holy Spirit. That's the witness. Okay. The two kinds of people believing in Jesus and those who make God a liar. Okay. Salvation is a gift. Okay. Um, so Matthew 7 and 6, uh, let's talk about you have eternal life. Eternal life starts the moment you believe in the, on the Son of God. Okay. Like John three sixteen, um, Shall not perish, but have everlasting life have it you have it right there okay excuse me and even deeper it says you shall not perish but have everlasting life okay so you shall not perish is that talking about a physical perishing or a spiritually perishing uh spiritual uh perishing sorry is it talking about a physical perishing or a spiritual perishing well obviously it's talking about a spiritual perishing because you're going to physically die one day you, i mean it's just you're you're going to physically die at some point unless you're around until the rapture happens happens which would be great um and that's what we're all striving for right that's what we're hoping for but you're going to you're obviously going to physically die you're going to physically perish so this is obviously talking about a a spiritual perishing you shall not perish why because you believe that Jesus is the son of god he uh that he, uh, God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him shall not perish. So whosoever believe on him shall not perish. Phys uh, spiritually, obviously, you're going to die uh, physically, but have eternal life. Okay. Uh, everlasting life. Um, so uh, we, we, we can, uh, let's talk about this. Okay. So we have... Um, the uh, the sealing, uh, the earnest of the Spirit, right? In 2 Corinthians one twenty two, um, the earnest of the Spirit. Well, what does this mean? The earnest of the Spirit. Well, earnest is is it means serious. Okay, he's serious. He's showing that we are saved. It is it, it is it's it's a down it's a down payment. The earnest of the Spirit is a down payment, like your earnest of your house. You put an earnest on the house, you like a down payment on it. You say I'm serious about this, and 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 if if you back out of it, you don't get that money back. That money is they they had that money. Okay, it's in earnest. Okay, much like the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the earnest, the earnest of the Spirit. Okay, you now have that. You have it. Okay, uh, and you know it, it talks about later of you know who who has the Spirit shall not be uh, uh, taken away. I, I forgot I forgot how it says it. Um, but uh, anyways, so you have stuff like, okay, but to him that worketh, Romans 4, 5, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him 
that ju- that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Okay, Romans four seven through eight, saying, "Blessed are they are they whose in in whoa iniquities sorry whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin." Okay, he saves us. He saves us for our sins that are past and present and future. Okay, he will not impute sin. Okay, will not, will not being future. He will not impute sin. Okay, so uh, I mean, there's, I mean, it just goes on and on, guys. Ephesians one thirteen, uh, Ephesians one twelve, Matthew seven ten twenty four, Psalms eighty nine. Romans 8, I mean, just all over the place. And and really, the reason why is because the New Testament, the, the, the whole gospel, that whole New Testament is about salvation. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. You know, you got the Old Testament talks about this law and this law and that law and, and sanitation laws and sacrificial laws, all of which were just a schoolmaster to get you to Christ. Okay, what, the schoolmaster being, here are the laws. Okay, not here are the laws, follow them or die. Here are the laws. You will not be able to follow them. But here they are. And and God's giving them the law, not so they can try and follow them, but he's giving them the law to show them they're imperfect. God is perfect. Here's my law. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do that. I can't do that. You will. Okay, and that's the whole that's the whole reason of Old Testament and New Testament. Well, here's the Old Testament, but here's the New Testament. The Old Testament is laws, 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 laws. The New Testament is Christ, 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 Christ. Why? Christ is the rest. Okay, Christ is the rest. Okay, it talks about this is kind of a side note. It talks about how um, you know Christ fulfilled this and fulfilled that. And, he talks about how he was out gathering corn and the Pharisees came up to him. Why do you gather corn? It's the Sabbath. And he's like, the Sabbath was made for man. Okay. Christ is the Sabbath. Christ is the rest. We are resting in Christ. Christ fulfilled the Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. Okay. And so we are to rest in Christ. We are resting in Christ. We don't, we need no longer to, to, and really we never did. Uh, need to follow the law. It wasn't about following the law. It was a matter of here is God's nature. Here is human's nature. Human nature is not God's nature. Okay. God is this. Man cannot be this. Okay. And and that's why Christ um, is Christ. That's why Jesus is Christ. That's why That's why God had to sacrifice a perfect sacrifice. And he was the perfect sacrifice. So all this really to, tr- to try and say, I feel like I haven't really given the point quite yet. But all this is to really say that once you're saved, you're saved. You have been given a gift. Now, sure, you can you can try to give the gift back. But uh, sorry, I had to clear something there. You can try and give the gift back, but it doesn't. It's still your gift. It's your gift. OK, and, you know, you'll 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 hear analogies like. Um, Christ is holding your hand. He's got your hand, but you can just let it go. You can leave Christ. Christ will never leave you, but you can leave Christ. And that, 
And what's funny is they'll always debate, well, yeah, it's not, it's conditional, it's conditional, it's conditional. And then you finally back them into a corner. They say, oh, fine, yes, this, yes, that, but you can leave Christ. How? How can you leave Christ? How can you leave God? How is it possible to leave? Again, remember, what is faith? Faith is unconditional. True faith is faith. You know, that it's something that you will never lose, okay? Uh, and that's really... I mean, that is what faith is. It's something that you will not lose. You cannot lose it. If you lost it, then you might question, did I ever have it? Okay. It speaks of, um, um, what is it? Matthew chapter, chapter seven, uh, where it says, I never, I never knew you. Right. Uh, those of you will say, those are, those of you will say, Lord, Lord, uh, have not we done this and that and this and that and this. And Jesus will look to him and say, I never knew you. Not, I once knew you. Or not, I used to know you. I never knew you. Meaning you were, you were never part of the body of Christ. You never had that faith. Okay? And this might be argumentative to some people here. Uh, well, that's not, that's not what that means. That's not what once saved, always saved means. Yeah, it really is. If you lose your faith... You need to question, did I ever really have it? Because you hear these stories all the time. Well, I, I grew up, I even grew up in the fundamental religion, the fundamental Baptist, and I just don't believe in it now. So that's a witness to how correct evolution is or how, how correct atheism is. That's proof. Boom, I came out of the church. I, I grew up in the church and I don't believe anymore. I win. Atheism wins. No, that's, no, you never knew Jesus. You never knew him. You never had faith, okay? And yeah, I think it's quite possible that you still do have faith, even if you leave, you know, you leave the church and you you claim to believe in evolution or you claim to believe in atheism. Maybe you actually truly do have faith, and you're just you're just so turning away from God that you 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 want to pretend like you've lost your faith. Maybe that's possible, I guess. Um, but I would I would I would go back to the first. Um, explanation that you never knew him. You never knew Christ. Okay. You, that faith is not something that you can throw out. It's just, it's just not. Okay. Talks about being a child of God. Okay. All, all over the place. You're a child of God. You're children of God. You're sons of God. Okay. Classic example. And this is something that people like to d debate all day long, but your arguments hold no water. If you're a child of God, that's it. Much like being, much like my son being my child, he's my child. He can run away. I can disown him all day. I can disown him all day long. He can run away. Whatever, doesn't matter. He's still got my DNA. He's still got my wife's DNA. He's still my child. I might hate him. He might hate me. We might hate each other. Doesn't matter. Still my child. Okay. The only difference there would be God will never hate us. God will never disown us. You know, we can, we can walk away from him, but he's still holding you. Okay. And people say, well, you can let go of God. You, okay. Okay. Imagine, imagine you, whoever you are, whoever's watching, imagine, imagine someone, you know, who's weaker than you, much weaker even. And you grab their hand and they grab your hand, tell them to let go, but don't let go of them. Hold their hand as tight as you can. Okay. And tell them to let go. Okay. Someone who's truly weaker than you, it doesn't, they're not going to be able to slip away. They're just not going to be, they might let go. Okay. You're holding your hand. They might let go, 
but God, he still got it. He still got your hand. Okay. So you can, well, you can let go of God. Listen, first of all, if you do, if you succeed in this, if you say, oh, I don't have faith in God. I'm a true atheist now. God doesn't exist. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I hate to break it to you, but that's not testament of atheism. That's testament of you never had faith in God and you were faking it the whole time. You were a hip, you were a hypocrite. You were a classic hypocrite that Jesus was telling uh, the Pharisees they were. You are hypocrites. Okay, you're hypocrites. You do the law, you do this, you do that, but you don't really have faith. Okay, you go to church, you read your Bible, you, uh, wow, that's extremely loud. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, please bear with me with that. Um, you, read, you read the Bible, you pray, you go to church, you do this, you do that. You, you know, you fellowship, you have your morning, Sunday morning uh, Bible study, this and that. That doesn't matter if you don't actually believe. You can go through the motions all you want, okay? But unless there, the faith is there, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I never knew you. I never knew you, is what he said. Not, I used to know you. I never knew you. Okay, I know why that's so loud, actually. I left the door open. Um, but uh, please... Please bear with me on that, guys. I'm sorry. That was my fault. Uh, I'm 37 minutes into this. I'm not going to start over. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, it, it, it talks of how God uh, keeps you. He keeps you in his hands, right? And, and no man shall be able to pluck you out of it, okay? No man includes you. Give me all the arguments. I've heard them. I've, I hear these debates all the time. I listen to these. I, I listen to two people debating this point all the time. And their arguments are tired. They're a desperate ploy to try to say, well, no, you can still lose your salvation. You cannot lose your salvation. It is a gift. You are part of God's family. You have his DNA now. Your new man is the Holy Spirit, okay? And you are sealed until the day of redemption. What's the day of redemption? The rapture, okay? The day when Jesus comes back to gather his church, um, to meet him in the air, marriage supper of the Lamb, millennial reign of Christ, Satan comes out and is cast into the lake of fire and God reigns forever and ever. Listen, you're sealed. The Holy Spirit is the earnest. God doesn't get that back and he cannot deny himself, right? God cannot deny himself. Himself is the Holy Spirit. So you get that earnest, right? You get that spirit. He can't take it back. Just like if you put an earnest down on a house, you cannot get that back. You won't. You can back out of the deal all you want, but you cannot get that back. Okay, God can't back out of the deal. He made the deal. He will keep his he, he will keep the deal. Okay? He you are sealed until the day of redemption. He cannot deny himself. Period. That's it. That's we won the debate. Okay? I literally don't even need to say anything else. You're sealed until the day of redemption. You have the earnest of the Holy Spirit. He cannot deny himself. Whosoever believe in Jesus Christ shall not perish but have everlasting life. I win the debate. Debate over. Thank you for joining me today, guys. This has been Kazoo Corner. God bless.